Hallelujah. If you would open your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. And as you're opening your Bibles there, our kids are dismissed. Thank you. Our children are dismissed to their classes. Praise the name of the Lord. The book of 1 Corinthians, we are in chapter 2, and we will begin reading in verse 6. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 6, when you got it, say so. And it says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him, even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Lord, we thank you for your word that is true that is transforming, that is delivering, that is healing, God. We thank you for these beautiful reminders in song of what you have done for us, these beautiful reminders of the wisdom of God that is found in the gospel, that is found in you and in you alone. Holy Spirit, in these, in these next few moments, we ask that you would captivate our minds and our hearts, that you would give us ears to hear what you are saying to your church, that you would illuminate us and align us with your truth, that you may be glorified not only in the preaching and proclamation of the word of God, but in the hearing and obeying of it, God. I pray against distractions of mind and heart in this moment. Lord God, may you bring us into total focus as we worship you in hearing your word today. And we pray this all in Jesus' strong name. And everyone said, 
Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you don't have an outline, just raise your hand and the ushers will be sure to bring you an outline. We want to be sure that you are able to follow along in the introduction, that you are able to take some notes, and that you are able to uh, hopefully not just take notes, but that you'll take these notes home with you, that you will discuss them with someone, and that you'll be able to grow in the truths that we are hearing this morning. And so if you look at your outline here, here, every organization has an SOP, a standard operation procedure. They, every organization has that, um, whether formal or informal, they, in, they will ensure everyone is on the same page. We all, we all know when you go to a place for work, whether they have a, you know, 1,300-page manual or they just give you a, pa- a piece of paper and say, hey, this is the way that things go, or somebody sits down with you and explains to you this is how things happen, this is how we deal with stuff, that, that ensures that everybody is on the same page. And the church is no different. We're, we're in this series called Church Function, and we're trying to learn. Um, if you need an outline, just raise your hand want to be sure I think that you need guys need something up here yeah right right up here we have somebody um and so we want to be sure that as a church that we are functioning and that we are operating according to God's pattern according to God's standard of operation, that we are being the church that God has called us to be, that we are walking in alignment with God's will. And as we look at the church in Corinth through the writings of the Apostle Paul to this church, we see some things that shouldn't have been. And and by looking at those things that shouldn't have been, we know what should be. And then, as we see here, the Apostle Paul is giving us the positive side of what things should be in the area of wisdom. And so we see here that the church has the same thing. We rely on what? We rely on the wisdom of God. We don't don't rely on the wisdom of men. We don't rely on the understanding of men. We rely on the wisdom of God. Now that doesn't mean, I mean, obviously I'm here preaching, right, and teaching. And so there is a place for us to hear from men on this earth. There is a place for us to be taught the truth of God's word. However, as teachers of God's word, as students of God's word, which should be all of us, we want to hear the wisdom of God. We want to hear what it is that God is communicating. And where is this wisdom? It is revealed in the scriptures, in the scriptures. Hopefully you you have a a real tangible Bible that you can feel, praise the Lord. I know, I know in our days, and I, and I listen, I'm guilty of this all the time. I, you know, I have my phone. It's easy to access the, the Bible app. But listen, I want you to know that a Bible app is not as good as a Bible. Amen. Praise the Lord. In, in, in the sense, listen, the words are just as good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Right, you, you, you can get the truth from a Bible app, but there's something that happens when you actually separate time and you sit down with your Bible with these pages and you meditate. And, you, and for some of you, you, you might highlight and you might write in there. And you remember, I remember when I first became a Christian, you know, I knew where things were in my Bible. Praise the Lord. Right? Like, I, like if you gave me your Bible, I'd be like, man, I, it was like a test. Like, do I really know the Bible, right? Because my Bible, I had highlights, I had marks, I knew where things were in my Bible. And so I encourage you that there, there's something that happens there when we are in the scriptures, in the word of God. God has revealed his wisdom through the scriptures by, as we see in this text, and we'll unpack a little bit later on, more the Holy Spirit. So these things, the wisdom of God is revealed. 
revealed through the scriptures. So no matter what, we all can go back to the standard operation procedures right here. If we ever get confused, if we ever, if we ever get off track, if we ever forget what it is that we are about, what it is that we are supposed to do, if someone ever leads us astray, if we ever get off course, we can always come back to God's word. God's word does not change. God's word is faithful, and God will show us how we are supposed to live, how we are supposed to operate. And, you know, I, I, we, we, can, we can go back to his word, and he did this through his spirit. The spirit of the living God speaks to us the wisdom of God. The book of Romans chapter 8 tells us that those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. God's spirit leads us. And then I want you to grasp this. Look at your outline there. It is revealed by the scriptures. It is revealed by the Holy Spirit. And it is transferred through faithful stewards and discipleship. God's wisdom is revealed in the scriptures by the Holy Spirit. And it is transferred through faithful stewards, you and I, have been given stewardship. We have been given a charge. We have been entrusted with God's holy word. We have been entrusted with the truth of God's word. And what we are supposed to do is we are not supposed to hoard it for ourselves. We're not supposed to keep it to ourselves. We are supposed to disseminate it. We are supposed to share it with other people. That is being a faithful steward. What God has freely given me by his grace, what God has shown me in relationship, I share that with you. That's what you are supposed to be doing because we're all supposed to be committed to making disciples. But here's the thing. A major problem has occurred within the church, and it is a straying away from the wisdom of God for lower forms of wisdom packaged as relevant methods of reaching lost people. And sadly, the fruit is lacking, or as Jesus said, wisdom is not being justified by her children. I want you to notice in your outline the words not being are highlighted and emboldened because those are not there in the original text. When you look at the book of the gospel of Matthew and the gospel of Luke, Jesus is accused of being an alcoholic and being a glutton is what it says. And, and as he is being accused of these things, it is because he is, he is, being, uh, uh, he, he is around those who are sinners, those who, 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 you know, religious people, they don't hang around with sinners, right? Holy people in those days, they don't, they don't get around ungodly people. You, you don't get, now, 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 here's the thing that Jesus says, and this is what I, you, you've got to grasp, is Jesus says wisdom will be justified by her children. In other words, you see me around the gluttons, you see me around the alcoholics, you see me around those who you don't consider holy, but you're going to see life change in them, and that is wisdom being justified by her children. It is not this idea, well, hey, I'm a Christian, and I got to be like Jesus. I got to be around unsaved people. But here's the question. Is you being around unsaved people bearing fruit? Is you being around unsaved people causing change in their lives or are you becoming more like those unsaved people? See, wisdom will be justified by its fruit. But in our days, in our present days, we don't, we don't, we don't want to wait for the wisdom of God. You know why? Because the wisdom of God doesn't arrive like we want it. You see, we want to just ask a question and boom, the answer is right there. That's what we want, is it not? 
We, 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 wanna, we, want, we, we, we have this, this fast food mentality in our days, and we think that God operates like Burger King or something like that. Have it your way as quickly as you want it. And, you know, if it's not there in two, se- you know, in two minutes or less, then we got problems. Pull up to the next window. Just wait there for us. We're going to bring it to you. Hello. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we, that, that, that's how we feel in our relationship with God. And yet God wants to give us his wisdom and, and speak to us and direct us. But we don't really want to hear from him. We want to just, we want to grasp at straws. We want to hear from someone else. Well, this is how you do this. Wait a second. Don't we have the scriptures? Don't we, don't, don't we, I, I know we have Google. Hello. I know we have YouTube University. I know, I know that. I know that. And, and listen, I want you to know there's some good stuff there. There's some, I, do, I use Google all the time. I use YouTube all the time. And, and, and I find some good stuff that is helpful that helps me to affirm the wisdom of God. But I want you to know there's a lot of garbage out there. There's a lot of stuff that shines brightly. There's a lot of stuff that gets a lot of likes and a lot of shares. There's a lot of stuff that's out there that seems like it's the wisdom of God, but it is not. We have to be careful. This is what I want you to think about this morning. God's wisdom is revealed. That revelation can only come from God. God's wisdom is revealed. It's not something that you can just figure out on your own. It's not something that you can just go ahead, well, I'm going to just weigh the pros and cons. And no, 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 God's wisdom is revealed wisdom. That's what the Apostle Paul is sharing with these Corinthians here. God's wisdom is revealed wisdom, and that wisdom, that revelation comes from God. Here's what I want you to hear. If you don't get anything else from me today, it is this, is that God wants to give you his wisdom. God wants to engage you in a relationship, and he wants to reveal his wisdom unto you in whatever area of your life that you need wisdom in. Listen, you've heard people say this before. Hey, there's no manual to raising children. The devil is a liar. <laughs> the devil is a liar. And whoever said that, they, 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 they must not know the manual. The manual is God's word. There are certain things that are a standard operation of procedures in parenting. Now listen, it's not the Puerto Rican way to do it. Come on now. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not the white way to do it. It's not the black way to do it. There is a biblical way. Now I know, and I know us Puerto Ricans, we feel like we got the way, glory to God. I know, I know, I, you know, I'm, 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 I get it, but, but what I'm saying is we have to measure our way of doing this thing called parenting by what? The wisdom of God. Amen. You want to have a great marriage? Anybody that's married want to have a great marriage? Someone say amen if you're married, amen. right? <laughs> some, of, some are not married. They're like, yes, amen, I would like a great marriage. Praise the Lord, amen. That's a good thing, right? Ain't nothing wrong with that, but, but here, here, here's, here's the thing. You want to have a great marriage. Let me ask you a sincere question. How much time are you spending before God asking him for his wisdom? How much time are you allowing him to mold you by his wisdom, whether you're a husband, whether you're a wife? 
For those of you that are not married, let me give you a little thing. You're desiring to be married. You need to become the person that God wants you to be for the person that you're waiting for. Are you here? Spending time with God, receiving his revealed wisdom where his word is changed. Listen, let me say this. Wisdom is not just knowing the right thing to do. It is living it. You know what the problem is? The problem is that we want to do things. I know I'm supposed to do this, and I'm going to go ahead and do it, but we're lacking the energizing power of God's spirit to do it. God's wisdom is revealed, and it comes to us through a relationship with him. And so that's the point I pray to drive home today. The first thing I'll ask you to repeat after me is this. It should be in your outline there. Revealed wisdom. Say this Revealed wisdom is reserved for the maturing. Revealed wisdom is reserved for those who are maturing. So we see here in verse 6, verse 6 says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. And so what Paul is saying, he is saying that there are rulers of the age in the time that he was living, and the same applies today, that they seem wise, and yet they have rejected the wisdom and the counsel of God, and they are coming to nothing. Are you here? Now, you've got to see what he said. Rulers of this age. Not the nobodies of this age. Hello? Not the people that nobody cares about what they're saying. He said the rulers of this age. The people who are being quoted in this age. The people who are being followed in this age. He is saying, we don't speak a wisdom like them. They are coming to nothing. Here's the thing. They may seem like there's something today, but there will be a day that they will stand before God Almighty, and if they have not repented of their sin, they will come to nothing. Church, it's important for us that we hear the wisdom of God. But if we could just back up just one, just, just, just go back with me to, to, to this one verse, verse 5. He, he points this out, and this is, or we'll go to verse 4. He says, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Last week we talked about this, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, and verse 6 says, or verse 5 says what? That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The Apostle Paul's point of preaching the gospel was to ensure that the people's faith was not based on him, was not based on his wisdom, was not based on on, on the world's wisdom, but that their faith was in the power of God. And so somebody may think, oh, well, he's just preaching foolishness, and Paul is making the argument, no, 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 we do speak wisdom, but it's to mature people. It's, it's, it's not to immature people, right? It's, it's not to people who think they know it all, right? You know, you know those people, right? <sighs> you know, some of us, I hope you're no longer there, amen? But, there, but there, I know there was a point in my life where I thought I knew everything. Some of you have, are, maybe you're dealing with someone in that category right now in their life. They're, they're, they're learning stuff, and for some reason they think, mom and dad, you, you don't know. You, you, you old school, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't understand these things. Uh-huh, you, you don't understand. Okay, 
I, I've lived all those things you're living. I know I don't know the lingo like I used to. Come on now. <laughs> and I use words. They're just way outdated. Sister Cheryl, she's like, you need to talk to your daughter so you can bring you up to date with the, with the present-day vernacular. I'm like, whatever. I, you know what? Let, 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 let's go to the King James, glory to God. <laughs> I, can't, I can't mess up with that, right? Like, you know, we go, we go to the Christian Standard Bible, right? The, the, the New Living Translation, those things. But, but, but here's the thing. You know, we, we, we live our lives, right? And, and we come to this point in our lives where, where, you know, we start to think, oh, I know some stuff. I, I'm making decisions on my own, and now I know everything. Is that mature? Oh, no, 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 it's not. See, we would say that about our teenage children, right? What about us as adults? What about, what about adults who feel like, oh, I've read those books? What, what, what about adults that feel like, well, I've already read that book? A friend of mine, he posted on Facebook the other day, and he, you know, you know how people do on Facebook, you know, they, they say something really, like, emotive, right, something very moving, and they're like, hey, I want to see how many friends I have. Can you copy and paste this and show me you love me? Because <laughs> I want to test your love. Like, do, do any of my, you know, thousand friends that I have that I don't even know half of them, do you love me, right? I guess that's the, you know, I think I've done that once or twice. I had an insecure moment, but anyway. Typically, when I share those things, I'm sharing them, and I'll, I'll put somewhere, you know, for whoever I'm sharing it, because I'm doing it for them, right, because I love them. I like what they said. Anyway, my friend shared something. He's not, he's not a, my friend is not a follower of Jesus. He's not a, a Christian. He, he believes in God in, in some sense, and he has some friends around him that, you know, they don't believe in, 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 in the, the Christian faith. And, and typically, I won't engage in these, but I don't know. I just, I had some time on my hands. And this friend began to become very spiritual about his explanation about what he was saying. And he was talking about, I don't even remember, it was, it was so wise and so up there and, you know. And so I, I, I responded to him as gently as I could and, 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 and it was basically something around the idea of needing God to intervene. That's, that, that's basically what it was. And that's the reason why I engaged, because I felt like it was worth engaging. Because you have people who believe that, man, it is what it is. You know, God doesn't, God doesn't really care about what's going on. He doesn't need to engage. And I, and I need everybody to know, even if it's just for two seconds, that they, you know, just read through somebody's comments, that there is a God that wants to engage, that there is a God who cares about them, that there is a God who sees what's going on in our world. There is a God who is offended by the sin that is running rampant in our world. There is a God who died on a cross and all order to redeem every single person who would turn. There is a God who wants to engage with our nation. We just need a people who will believe it. And his friend responded in his eloquence and his high wisdom. He's like, yada, 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 yada. And then he said this. He said, I was a fundamentalist Christian for a long time, and I really believe those things that you believe. And I was like, glory to God. <laughs> And I said, you know, man, I knew this because I could, you, you can always tell when someone knows the Bible, right? 
Because they, 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 they mock it in their, in their commentary like they have gained a knowledge that is above that of God's word. Listen, y'all, there is no knowledge, there is no wisdom, there is no revelation that is higher than God's word. When you decide that you are wiser than God, you have become a fool. Are you here? When, when you feel like you have arrived somewhere and you no longer need the wisdom of God, you feel like you no longer need to go back to the standard operating procedure of God's word. When you feel that way, man, you, have, you are lost. You have been deceived by the doctrines of demons. And he felt that by him telling me that he was a fundamental in the past, that he was telling me, dude, I already read your book. I already know your beliefs, and I've grown beyond them. And I just let him know. I said, man, listen, just because you were this doesn't mean that you're right in your beliefs. I didn't come and try to slam him, right, because it would have been pointless to do that. I just let him know, listen, just because you've read the text, just because you may have memorized some verses does not mean that your conclusions are correct. When your conclusions lead you away from the wisdom of God, there is a problem. And this is Paul's argument here, that, they had, that, that, that he was not speaking a wisdom that would have people be like this philosopher that I'm telling you about, that his faith was in the wisdom of men, not in the power of God. And let me say this with sincerity. You can hear this book preached. You can know much of what is in this book, and that does not mean you know its author. Understand something, church. The wisdom of God is not simply about filling your head with knowledge and application. The wisdom of God is about a person. It is about a relationship with God that comes from being born again. It's not just learning how to apply and, 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 and how do I apply these scriptures to my life. No, no, no. It's not just about that. It's about knowing the one who authored these words. Church, that's what we're supposed to be about. The wisdom of God is about encountering him, about being changed by him. The apostle Paul goes on, verse 7. He says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Now, here's the thing. The, the Corinthians, they, they had gotten their minds off of the simplicity of the gospel. I follow, and don't, let's not forget the context of this. I follow Apollos. I follow Paul. I follow Cephas. I follow Christ. That's the context in which Paul is making this discussion. You'll see this next week when we come to chapter 3, and he brings us back to this original thought. He is going through this, and he is trying to tell them, hey, guys, this is, there is a wisdom that is beyond all of us as teachers. There is a wisdom that is greater, and it is found in God and in God himself. God is the one who gives this wisdom. What led them, when, when they got puffed up and proud, they became carnal and natural, as we'll see. They started to have these divisions. And so what does Paul, how does he characterize this divine wisdom? Let's just look at this really quickly here. Verse 7 there, he said a couple of things. You're taking notes, you can write this down. And first of all, it is from God. The wisdom of God is from him, it is not from man. It's, it's not something that man created. Isn't that what they try to say about our religion? Our religion is man-made. Don't they try to say that? 
You ever heard that in a conversation that you've had? Your religion is a man-made religion. No, it's not. Our wisdom comes from a, our religion comes from a, a, a God who authored all of life. Our, our, our religion is not something that came from some man or some group trying to control somebody. No, 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 that, that's not where our wisdom came from. Our wisdom has come from God, not from man. He says also that this is a, a wisdom that is a mystery or it is a hidden wisdom. I like what one writer said. It is the sacred secret. It is the, the, the wisdom that is hidden. You, you didn't just walk up one day and just all of a sudden you had this great epiphany. Come on now. God showed himself to you. God showed himself to me as, as, as I share, as I live my life. I was blind. I was lost. The wisdom of God was hidden. God is the one who opened my eyes. God is the one who allowed me to see. It is, I love this. It is an ordained wisdom. He says this, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages, an ordained wisdom, a wisdom that is predestined, a wisdom that is predetermined. The wisdom of God that is found in the gospel is an ordained wisdom, a wisdom that God establishes. And not only that, God didn't just speak it, but God brought it to pass, did he not? Because, again, these are not just words about a Savior who was coming. These are words that were established by a Savior who came, who lived, who died, who rose again. That's, that's the wisdom of God that is ordained. It's not just words. There's a demonstration to this wisdom because it is ordained of God. And I love it. He goes on to say what? It is ordained before the ages for what? For our glory, say our glory. See, the last thing in verse 7 is that it is for the glory of God's people. God does this so that way you and I, when we're having conversations, wait a second, I may not have all the answers, but I know this. Jesus was a historical figure. Come on now. He really did live. He really did die. He really did rise again. This is what the wisdom of God says. It's a wisdom that is for our glory that we can be delivered from our sin, that we can enter into a relationship with God. Look at verse 8. He said, with, which none of the rulers of this, I love this, this verse 8 is just mind-blowing. Which none of the rulers of this age knew, all the smart people, come on now, all the Ph.D. graduates, all of the, the, the Pharisees, all of the religious leaders, as, as I was studying and, and, and digging into this, there is an implication. It is not only speaking of the natural rulers of this world, but it is also speaking of the spiritual rulers of this world. Come on now. The, the spiritual rulers of this world, which were the ones who were provoking the, 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 all of the hatred toward Christ, if they would have understood the gospel. Isn't it beautiful to know that God literally kept the enemy blind so he wouldn't understand the full picture and didn't realize that part of the plan was to crucify this Savior so God could raise him again. Oh, the wisdom of God. The rulers, if the rulers of this world, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. <laughs> the wisdom of God is hidden from the unsaved world, the natural and the spiritual, those who are... It is a hidden wisdom that God shows and God reveals. In verse 9, you guys have heard this verse, I'm sure. Maybe you've used it. Maybe you've been encouraged by it. You should be. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who 
love him. The wisdom of God is not only for our future, but it is for our present. See, this is quoting from the book of Isaiah. And the people of Israel were in bondage. And they were wondering, what is it that God is going to do? We're in bondage. We're the people of God. We're under captivity. We are, we, we are slaves again. Think about this now. And God speaks to them and says, oh, you don't know my plans for you. Your eyes haven't seen. Your ears have not heard. There is a promise that is coming. And so we look at this verse and we know, well, wait a second. We don't even understand the fullness of what God has for us. Oh, in heaven, we're looking forward to glory. But even on this earth, we look forward to what it is that God is going to do. So here's the thing. As followers of Christ, our desires should be what? It should be to walk in the wisdom of God. Someone say amen to that. As followers of Jesus, we should walk, want to walk in the wisdom of God. To ensure that we walk in the wisdom of God, we should be seeking what? What did he say? We speak wisdom to those who are mature. We should be seeking maturity. Can I tell you what the posture is for you and I to become mature? It's humility. It is humility. It is us understanding every area in which we lack. When we come to the end of ourselves, have you come to the end of yourself yet? Have you come to the place that you realize, yeah, I know some stuff, but I don't know everything? As, as, one, as, as many smart people have said, the older I get, the more I realize I don't know. Hallelujah. Oh, I know some stuff, kids. I, I know some stuff. You know, I've been through some things, but man, I realize how much I don't know the more that I get to know God Almighty. When we recognize how much we lack in our own ability, in our own wisdom, when we acknowledge our need for God's wisdom, then this is what happens. We position ourselves to grow into maturity and experience the immediate benefits of the wisdom of God that are rooted in what? The gospel. Here's what I want you to understand. The wisdom of God is rooted in the gospel. Everything that we have, it doesn't make sense to the world. When someone's going through something, why would I turn to, to, to God? Because I've been changed by the one who saved me. Here's the thing. God may not change every situation in your life, but you know what he does? He'll transform you. Are you here? I know we don't get excited about that. Because we want God to change every situation in our life. We want God to fix every single thing in our life. Here's what I know is that I would say at least 90% of the things in our life that we're waiting for God to fix, he's waiting for you to repent. He's waiting for you to say, my ways, they're not working. My wisdom is not enough for this. My thoughts, man, they're not God's thoughts. His thoughts are higher than mine. And, and, and God is like, listen, I need to change your heart. I need to change your way of thinking. I need, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm trying to transform you. I want to deliver you. So when someone comes to us with situations in their life, sometimes it doesn't make any sense because they're telling us about this problem, that problem, this situation, and we're pointing them, we need to come to Jesus. Wait a second, but you, don't you have the, yes, Jesus. Wait a second, but, but I'm going, I know Jesus. I told you all the story, right, about my knee pain. Did I tell you all about that? Let me tell you it again just in case you weren't paying attention that day. All right. But, 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 but a, a couple of years ago, I was, I was doing CrossFit, and after a, couple, after a while, I had this really bad pain in my knee. It was terrible. And after I couldn't bear it anymore, I came to one of my coaches, and I was like, hey, I have this pain in my knee right here. And they were like, 
okay. And they said, hey, your quads are tight. Now, I don't know much about the body, right, the way that it works. I'm just, I just know I feel pain right here. <laughs> and she tells me, it's your quads. I'm like, no, it's my knee. So I walk away from her. I'm like, yeah, she don't really know what she's talking about. Maybe it's because she's young, whatever. This my th- these are my thoughts. I'm confessing them to you. She, you know, if you're listening, you're still one of my favorite coaches. And you were right. I was not. But So after about a week, the pain didn't go away. I come to the oldest coach within our facility. I'm like, he has to know the answer here. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, my, my, I have this pain, man, in my knee. And I'm like, it's right here. And he's like... Your quads are tight. I'm like, the devil is a liar. (laughs) I'm like, what is it with, I'm like, my quads don't feel tight. My quads feel fine. My knee hurts. So he's like, let me show you how to roll out. So he shows me these, these stretches, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm like, I'll try. So I tried the stretches. I wasn't doing the stretches appropriately. And I'm like, okay, I, I said, I, I'm my last effort. I went to the third guy. He's younger, but, you know, I trusted him. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, I have this pain in my knee. And he's like, so where's this pain? I'm like, so it's right here. And, and, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I have the same pain. He's like, your quads are tight. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, why? I'm, I'm leaving this place. This, these people don't know what they're talking about. Everything they've said about CrossFit is true. But anyway, you know, you just get hurt, right? But my friend Derek, he came to me, and he said, hey, he said, let me show you how to roll out. So he gets me on the floor, and I'm rolling, and he's like, do you feel that? I'm like, not really. So he steps on my leg so he can put pressure sufficient so I can feel the stretch. And when I feel the stretch, guess what went away? The pain in my knee. You know why? My quads were tight. What I learned in all of this is, number one, sometimes you feel a pain over here, and it ain't got nothing to do with there. It's somewhere else. It's crazy the way the body works. (laughs) But here's my point in this message. I didn't forget the whole point. Jesus is not just the church answer. He is the real answer. The problem with our world is not that they don't have more answers. is they don't have Christ. They don't have the deliverer. They don't have the one who gives them the capacity to be the man or be the woman that God has called them to be. They lack a relationship that solely comes through the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ through the gospel, the wisdom of God. It is Christ who is lacking in our world. The second thing I'll ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, revealed wisdom comes by the Holy Spirit. Revealed wisdom comes by the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 10. He says, but God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. Revealed what to us? The thing that eye has not seen, that ear has not heard, nor has entered into the hearts of men. The things that God has prepared, God has revealed. Why? To those who love him 
By his spirit, he's revealed those things. For what? The spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. You know, you hear Christians talk about, man, I just want to go deep. Okay. How, how do you go deep with the Lord? You go deep in relationship with him. You sit before his word. You spend time with him. You spend time in his presence, and his spirit reveals unto us. Verse 11, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, and check this out, that we may know, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. God has given us the greatest gift, and that is his spirit, that is his presence, and you and I have been given this so we can know what is ours. And as we know what is ours, we also know what is not ours. As we know what is God's will for our life, we know what is not God's will for our life. But where does this come from? It comes from intuition. It comes from some feeling, some emotion that you have, right? It comes from some experience. It comes from some seminar somewhere, right? Isn't that where this comes from? I mean, you know, oh, I felt something. Wait, who's, what, I don't care what you felt. Maybe you're hungry. I don't know. Maybe you ate something bad. I had a dream. Maybe you had pizza before you went to bed and that messed you up. I don't know. Maybe you were watching some stuff that's got your mind running all over the place. This isn't about feeling. This isn't about emotion. This is about the spirit of the living God who has been given to us who dwells within us, who gives us his revelation. Wisdom comes by and through the Holy Spirit. So as you and I pursue the wisdom of God, it is important that we realize who unlocks this wisdom for us and to us, and it is God's Spirit. Our reliance upon the Holy Spirit and our pursuit of his power should not solely be for his gifts. Come on now. All my Pentecostal friends said amen. It should not solely be for his power and his gifts. That shouldn't be the reason why we're only seeking God. Because I want some manifestation. No, I want him. I, I, I don't just want some touch. The, all of the Listen, I believe fully in all the gifts of the spirit. Don't get it twisted. I want to see the gifts. You know why? Because the gifts are how God edifies his people. Every Pentecostal said amen. amen. Come on, y'all got to get excited. when You, you got to know when to say amen, praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Say amen. God, God, God edifies his church through his gifts. He edifies, he builds us up through his gifts. He doesn't build us by our own machinations. He doesn't build us by our own understanding. No, no, he builds us by his spirit. By and through his gifts. So that's why we need to say, God, I want to be full of your spirit. But I don't just want that. I want relationship with you. I want to know you. We, each of us, has been filled. I love that. We have been filled with his spirit that we may know the things that have been freely given to us. <sighs> the things that God has given us. 
The things that he has made known to us, you can write this down, Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 31, where the apostle Paul is saying, what shall we say then? If God is for us, who shall be against us? Who did not spare his own son, but gave him for us. With him he will freely give us all things. Is God holding out on you? That's how, that's how we act sometimes, right? Like God is holding, like God wants us to walk around miserable. Like God wants us to walk, you know, you know how God wants us to walk around with joy no matter what we have or don't have. Are you here? The problem is that our joy is so connected with this world. Our, our peace is so connected with this world. With, listen, you're struggling financially, you have no peace. You're struggling with your health, you have no joy. You're struggling in your relationships, man, you're in turmoil. Wait a second. You and I are supposed to have a joy that doesn't change. We're supposed to have a peace which surpasses all understanding. We are supposed to have the life of God in us. Because, man, if my joy, my peace, my happiness is solely and primarily connected to the things in this world, guess what? I have nothing to offer this world. Are you here? But that doesn't make sense. The, that, that's, that, that's not the wisdom of the world. That's the wisdom of God. That brings change to people's lives. The third thing I'll ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, revealed wisdom, revealed wisdom. is a gift, a gift to be cherished. Revealed wisdom is a gift to be cherished. Look at verse 13. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Let me ask you a question. What are you most mindful of? Just, I mean, just, 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 just pause for a moment. Take a real mental inventory. Think about what is it that I think about more than anything else? What is it? What is it that really, really consumes my mind? Is it things that bring glory and honor to God? Or is it other things? Am I consumed by the cares of this world? Or am I consumed by things of the kingdom? What is it? Because the apostle Paul here is making this distinction. He's saying how the spirit teaches us is by comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. But if you and I are always in this natural realm mentally, how is it that God's spirit is teaching us? You know what Paul goes on to say? Look at this next verse. But the natural man, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man, the natural man, the man who is, who is just earthly in his thinking, 
the natural man. It could be. Now, now, now I have to, we have to stay in the context here. Paul is talking to the church, and he is rebuking the church, and he's letting us know that there are people in the church, not necessarily sinful people, just natural people. People who are seeing everything from one dimension. They're not looking at things from a spiritual dimension. They're not looking at things the way that they should see them. They judge everything. They're spiritually discerned. They judge everything based upon the natural. See, so unsaved person or the Christian who came to Christ because of the gospel but forgot. The natural person cannot receive the things of the Spirit. They're foolishness to him. Man, listen, you got, you got to get your head out of the clouds. We got to deal with this. Hold on a second. Are we thinking of the things the way that we should be? We have to be challenged in this area because the beauty earlier on, who is it that teaches these things? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that teaches us. The Holy Spirit is the one that guides us. The gift that we have been given, this revelation that we have been given, it is something that should be cherished. Verse 15, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. This is a good verse for those of, those of you who hear, oh, you shouldn't judge. The spiritual man judges all things. Hello. Now, that does not mean that you just walk around, sinner, going to hell, you're a Christian, you're ungodly. Like, that's not what that's saying. Now, don't get it twisted, right? Like, when you are a spiritual person, and I mean spiritual, I'm not talking about that, you know, hmm type person. No, no, I'm talking about spiritual, right? I'm talking about that person who is really with God, that person who's really engaging the Lord, that, that person who's really being transformed by the Spirit of God. That person, when, you, when, you, when you're spiritual, you know what happens? Oh, your spirit bears witness with, other spirit, with, with the spirit of others. You know, you know that that's a brother, that's a sister. You know that was truth, that is not truth. You know, that, that's, what, that's what I think Paul is getting at here. The spiritual man, he, he or she, it's not, it's not talking about man of fear. The spiritual person judges all things in the right way. Because of what? Remember what I said earlier? How do you become mature? It's through humility. The spiritual person is a humble person. A humble person. Someone who is humble and recognizes their dependence on the Lord that he himself is rightly judged by no one. God is the only one who can judge us eternally and ultimately. Amen? It is him alone who can do that. Verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. See, I think some of us, we try to be God's instructors. Some of us, we, we try to, we, when we pray, our prayers are more instruction to God than submission to God. <laughs> we think we have judged better than God. We think we know better than God. God, why would you do that? Why would you allow? God, hold on, hold on, hold on a second, Lord. There, there's some things you got to fix over here. That, that, that's how some of us come to the Lord. But the truth is that we, we, we listen, we humble, none of us can instruct the Lord. 
None of us know better than God. But the beauty of God's mercy for those who are followers of Jesus is that he has given us the mind of Christ. We don't rely on our own wisdom. We don't rely on our experiences alone. We don't rely on other things that are earthly. We rely primarily and predominantly upon his spirit, and we wait on his wisdom in our lives. That's how you and I are supposed to live. Again, revealed wisdom is a gift to be cherished. Here's the thing, church. We will either place our highest value upon the truth of Scripture or upon our own understanding. We will either judge with our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears and understanding, or we will judge with the natural mind, our soulish mind. We will judge with our emotions and our intellect. God's wisdom is received and cherished again with humility. It's there. And so here's my my closing question for you in this place. By God's standards, would you be considered a spiritual or natural person? This is an important question. Again, I look at verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Are you a natural man? Are you a natural woman? Are you a spiritual man? Spiritual woman. Is God's wisdom your delight? Is God's wisdom your pursuit? Are you willing to say, man, you know what? I may be a fool in the eyes of the world, but I want to be wise in God's eyes. Again, I go back to the question that I asked you to think about with the mental inventory. What is it that consumes your thoughts? Is it natural things? Is it just things that are going on in this world? Or is there a consumption inside of your heart for the things of the Spirit? The things that only, listen now, only the Holy Spirit can awaken in you. Only the Holy Spirit can bring alive in us. Only God. And you know what I know is this, is that when God, just like he was speaking to the church of Corinth, He wanted them to repent, not to be natural people, carnal people, but to be people who recognize, wait a second, we need the wisdom of God. We need the spirit of God in our lives. We need God to direct our hearts. Would you bow your head with me, please, and let us pray together. And as you're there, I just want to, I want to say this. If you're in this place and you have not put your faith in Christ, Or if you're hearing us online and you have not put your faith in Christ, you have not come before God with with all of your heart and surrender to him, you, you, you realize, man, I need to be born again. I need new life in me. I'm a person that is consumed with the things of this world. I'm not consumed with the things of God. Today is an opportunity for you to trust him. Today is an opportunity. Right now is a moment for you to cry out and say, God, I want to be born again. God, I want new life. God, I don't want to be a person who misses your wisdom. I don't want to be a person who lives consumed with the cares of this world. I want to be a person who's consumed by you, who's who's consumed with your wisdom, who's consumed with your will. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please?
Father, we humble ourselves before you in this moment. And we recognize, dear God, how desperately we need your wisdom, not our own. We don't want to be a people who are consumed by the cares of this life, but we want to be consumed by your spirit, by your wisdom. Lord, forgive us for depending on our own wisdom. Forgive us for depending on our own experiences, our own intellect. Forgive us for depending on our own ability, even our own thoughts, God. Help us to walk in the wisdom of God. This world needs a church that is operating in the wisdom of God. A church that doesn't live by the standards of the world, but lives by the standards and wisdom of God. And so, Lord, I pray that the mind of Christ would become a reality in each and every one of us, that our minds, that our hearts would be governed and led by your wisdom in all things. Father, I pray if there's anyone in this place that does not have a relationship with you, Lord, would you reveal yourself to them in this moment? Would you make yourself realer to them in this moment than they have ever known you before? Would you grip their hearts with the greatness of your love in this moment, with the greatness of your holiness in this moment? Would you grip their hearts with your presence and your power, God? May they know your great, great love that you have shown them through the cross of your son. May they turn to you in this moment. May their hearts be turned to you for eternity. Lord God, draw the hearts of those in this place that don't know you, Lord. Father God, for my brothers and my sisters that may be like the Corinthians were, Lord God, who were going from being spiritually minded to being naturally minded, those who have allowed the wisdom of the world to mix in with the wisdom of their faith. Lord God, grant us repentance. Let us see where we have failed, where we have floundered, where we have missed the mark. Let us turn, Lord God. Let us turn from our self-reliance to reliance upon you and your wisdom. God Almighty, we humble ourselves before you. Forgive us, dear Lord, for not seeing things from your perspective. Father, we humble ourselves before you in this place. And Holy Spirit, we submit to you. Have your way in our hearts. Be glorified in us, Lord God. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord.